0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic Today, I am so excited to introduce you to a woman all the way from Costa Rica. Her name is Emily Pereira. You are going to love this beautiful woman, especially her story and what she does for people. But before we get started, I wanted to share with you why I love what Emily does and why I can relate to her in so many ways. In my 20s, I was really lost. I didn't know what I was meant to do or become. I had many jobs that went nowhere and moved and moved and had different relationships, but really none that went anywhere either. I moved back to Seattle at 26 when I was living in San Diego. And I met a guy who was introduced to me by my friend who was married and had her second baby. In my mind at the time, I was so far behind everyone and I needed to get going with my life. So I started dating him and eventually moved with him to Montana and got married the last year of the four years that I lived there. Again, still lost, trying to be someone I knew deep down I wasn't but I didn't know how to get out of this place that felt so dark and so unfulfilling. I explained my story of my move and how I just left and trusted and finally stood up for myself and did something so scary at the time, but in my heart, I knew it was a must or I would just live a life so unauthentic to who I am and I had just turned 30." Go back to my first episode to listen to the details if you want. But today, the reason why I am saying this to you again is how important it is to find your passion and live your truth. Also, when your intuition is saying no and you're ignoring it, it's okay. You just will learn lessons and create a story that might help someone later. That's what I'm trying to do with my story. Don't ever settle and accept life if it is not filling your heart with so much joy and passion. You all know I am so passionate about teaching my teenagers in my courses, raising confidence because of my story. I want to empower them now while they are teens, so they have so much clarity and confidence and intentionality. I am on a mission to instill all of my magical tools into these beautiful kids, so they are empowered to believe they can be do, or have anything in life, and to never settle for mediocre. We are all here to live a magical life and write a story that we can share and help others in their journey. There are no mistakes in life, just lessons. Remember, the obstacles are gifts, and embrace each one and be grateful for them. They are what make you who you are, and you should stand tall and be so proud. Please reach out to me if you or your teenager wants to take my courses. You can contact me through my website at com, or just email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. So on to today with Emily Pereira. She is an author, international retreat leader, and woman's coach, specializing in helping women call in heart-thumping, passionate, I-got-your-back-no-matter-what love, Her favorite moniker from her clients is Relationship Whisperer. After 13 years of intensive and extensive spiritual training and exploration, she has amassed a treasure trove of astonishing wisdom and powerful practices and used these to heal her own love story and transform her life. Over the years, she has helped hundreds of women do the same. After 32 years, she finally discovered the storehouses of dormant creative passion that brought her to the magic inside her and led her to write, sing, play guitar, paint, and dance burlesque. Most people have no idea how connected and creative and spiritual they really are. Tapping into this dynamic duo can trigger a cascade of powerful changes so that you can transform past resentments into gratitude and cultivate real confidence. So without further ado, please welcome Emily Pereira to the show. Welcome, Emily, to
1: the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I'm honored to be here.
0: Oh, And so beautiful to look behind you and see this beautiful Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh, just to live there. It's like a dream. And I know... When I, when I want you to tell your story of, you know, how you got to Costa Rica. But before that, you know, I'm l- learning about you and relate so much. And in the intro, I explained why I relate to Emily so much. And, you know, in my 20s, I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any clarity. I went from job to job and relationship to relationship. I didn't know anything. I was so unclear. And, which is what why I'm at 52 now inspiring my children and I was on a mission to instill, you know, these beliefs and mindset tools to my girls. So when they get to that place in their 20s, they're not drifters and lost and, you know, searching for who they are. They know who they are. You know, they have the clarity and the, these tools. But when I hear your story and, you know, I always say there's no mistakes. They're just lessons and the, every obstacle is a gift. And why I relate so much to you is because I completely understand your story and love where you turned it around. And, you know, you're 43, we're like 10 years difference in age, but, you know, we had our babies late in life, similar and same age almost. And, you know, when you think of what we did up until we finally realized our worth and this beautiful life that we're supposed to be living and what we can attract when we become that person you know, think of the story that we get to do and share with people and that's what you're doing. And that's what I think is so beautiful. So take me to where you want to be, but I do want people to understand like your the whole 20, you know, like when you lived on Venice beach and your boyfriend of the, MySpace and all that stuff. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I God. have to go on and on, but I get so excited when I talk to someone that <laughs> like, you would be my friend if we, you lived here or I would live in Costa Rica.
1: I know. Oh, well, thank you so much. Bert. Yeah. I, I relate with you and your story so much. And I always say that there's no mistakes. There's only gifts. And, you know, way back when I would have like thought you were talking Swahili if you told me that, you know, in my 20s, you know, and you have to understand too, like for us, we came up in our 20s before this like explosion of information. Right. So I also think my twenties probably would have been different and my, my journey would have been different had we had the information that everybody has now at their fingertips through the internet. So it's, it's so fascinating that we chose to reincarnate during that time. Right. right. So yeah, so it's a big story. I wrote a 412 pages about it. So I will try to just give the very short version, but you know, essentially throughout my twenties, I did all the things I I thought would bring me happiness, Right. All the things I was told would bring me happiness. All the things sex in the city promised would bring me happiness, right? So I, I got the, the kind of high-flying job. I was a hotshot salesperson working for a pharmaceutical company. I lived in a home on the beach with my internet pioneer boyfriend who, you know, just sold his company for almost half a billion dollars, closet full of designer clothes that i wear to parties, events, and vacations. And like, it looked good. And you know, even it, it sounds good when I say it out loud, but... I always just kind of felt like there was this, like something was missing. Like it felt like it wasn't enough. And I didn't really have any models in my life that were doing anything any different. So I just did more of what I knew. You know, I worked more, I shopped more, I worked out more, I traveled more. I mean, I was this I got these guys at LAX at the parking. They like knew me so So well. I was there almost every single weekend, you know, escaping my so-called perfect life. And you know, right around the time I thought I was going to be getting the ring, we'd been together for nearly six years, I found out that this man that I had you know, really thought I was going to be spending my entire life with cheated on me. And my whole life just crumbled before my eyes. And you know, I had invested so much of my identity. I can see this now. At the time, it was very murky, but I I'd identified so much of my identity in this relationship, this we and in this man. And I can see very clearly now that I wasn't in my own personal power. So I was really drawn to power to a powerful man. Yes. And you know, I was just devastated. I was full of blame and resentment for him, but it really paled in comparison to the blame and resentment I had for myself. And I, you know, I chuckle about this now, but I was 29 years old and I was like, sure, I'd made horrible mistakes and completely ruined my life. And I think that we all think this, right? When there's some real devastating thing that happens, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, you know, financial trouble or ruin, whether it's dis-ease, we feel like we've done something bad. We feel like we've ruined our lives or really, really made some horrible mistake. But really, what I've discovered is it's like this beautiful portal, this invisible portal emerges in these moments of hardship and challenge, which is beckoning you inside to take this journey on the quest, what I call the quest. And so the quest is really this epic inner journey to find the jewel inside, which is the essential self, the spiritual self, the self that knows you know, exactly who you are, why you're here, and the steps to take to have the incredible life that you are meant to live. So it was at that moment that I walked through that portal to the inner quest. And I connected with this Pretty radical spiritual teacher, you know, especially back in those days, back in 2006, before any inspirational messages on Instagram or anything like that. And the guy may as well have been the freaking Easter Bunny for all I knew about spirituality. But I just knew that that I felt better in his presence, and I would soon discover he had information that wasn't in books and hands that could heal, which was news to me because I was working for a pharmaceutical company. So for the next couple of years, I just. I started applying these radical things that I was learning and really uplifted myself. And I think it was just right around two years' time period of really sort of like doing this radical spiritual work where, sort of, the foundation of that was to stop thinking things were happening to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of, oh, bad things happened to me, I started changing my mindset to, oh, no, this is happening for me. And it was pretty amazing how quickly I sort of got my life back on track, so to speak. It was like, I created a new, beautiful home, new, beautiful friends. Cause with the ex, all the friends picked him. And that was one of the most painful parts of it all. Cause it, we were like a really tight group of friends. Huh. And I met a new, really lovely man, got a dog. Like everything was like, I had all this stuff of life again. And I was waking up in the middle of the night, shaking with anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> this, <is it. laughs> like, oh, no. and it was really confusing because I had here I, w- I had all the stuff before, and I it didn't feel right, and I kind of rationalized that in my mind. Well, okay, once I get the ring, like, there's we're not really good in our relationship, so that's what this anxiety is about. And then here I was in this new situation with this man who just adored me and wanted to just really commit to me, and I was waking up shaking and like I was like ah, and so upon the advice of my teacher, he said, "I see you're a writer." You have to write your story. Even if you show it to nobody, it's going to help you heal your heart. And now like up until that point, I had literally written nothing um, besides emails and like, I don't know, maybe the occasional thank you letter since college. So we're talking like almost 11 years. And when he said that, I literally felt like someone did like a two-step, like on my heart. It was like a tap, tap, tap. And I just blurted out, you know what? I think I am a writer. And I didn't know how, but I was like, but I don't know how to start thinking he might say like, take a course that you steal extension or, you know, something like that. And he's like, just set an intention before you go to bed that you're recovering your innate creativity. And then you just be the beginner. And I was like, oh just be the beginner. And he had told me, and maybe you've heard about this. Have you heard about beginner's mindset?
0: Yes. Well, from learning from you, I have.
1: Yes. Okay. So I love it. Really? I didn't realize that a lot of my pain and a lot of my struggle that I was in was really that I was like, wrapped in a straight jacket with my feet on the brakes of my own life that I didn't even realize because I was so terrified to kind of like do something that I wasn't going to be good at. And I think this really, we, we receive this programming as women, whether it's like overt or subliminal from the time we're little girls, it's like show up and slay. And if you're not going to show up and slay, maybe you shouldn't just do it at all.
0: Right. exactly And
1: so I think what happens is as we get older, we start to kind of stay in our lane. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing the things I'm good at. And then people are going to love me and everything's going to be great. Like record scratch. No, that's like the exact way to like get yourself in a small little box. And so... When we, be, when we give ourselves permission to be the beginner, we return to that childlike place that children are beginners in everything that they do, right? And their creativity soars and they're meeting the world from a place of wide-eyed wonder. And so as the beginner, we can never fail because every step you take as a beginner is success. You're learning, you're expanding. And so with that mindset, I sat down at my shiny MacBook Air that back in the day got no use except for like online shopping and I don't even know what else. And I started to write and I was just totally blown away that by suspending judgment, by being the beginner, it just totally flowed. And I had a couple of sentences and then a couple of paragraphs and a chapter. And the next thing I knew I had written, my first draft, I think was like nearly 600 pages. Wow. It just completely blew my mind how joyful and how I mean, I really wrote myself a new life by writing my story. And I guess my teacher knew that. So that's why he was encouraging me to do that. And I really, now I lead retreats for women here in Costa Rica. And a big part of the retreat is writing and write about stories. And it is so healing and so cathartic and really helps take women to the next level. And we're not writing to be good writers, although the most beautiful things come out. But we're writing really because I've found that writing is like the master healer at our
0: fingertips. Mm -hmm. We'll okay. go back to understanding, first of all, the teacher that you met this, I feel like he's like this mystery man. Cause he's not anywhere to be found. He just is this name, James, right? Yeah. Okay. So when you meet him, you know, that now looking back, you know, yeah. if you have to hindsight 2020, whatever, when you look back at his, at meeting him, that he was placed in your life. It was a plan. You guys were connected. And now he's showing you who you truly are because you had to see the dark part and experience that with your MySpace guy. And then go do it again, (laughs) repeat one more time. And I always say, like, you're going to keep bringing that same person unless you change, (laughs) you're going to keep on repeat. And then you start to realize, then he tells you to write. So now you're writing this book, The Quest. Yeah. But when, so I relate too to that people telling me you need to write a book. I've been writing my intros and everything for this podcast and writing my my papers for my classes. And I feel like it just comes, right? And then I look back, I go, huh, I wrote that, (laughs) you know? But I feel like, you know, like it's probably channeled, you know, I mean, I know it's channeled when you, even when you get rid of those blocks of the, if you can be a beginner, that's a great way to teach in my mind, me, even like when you're a mom, you know, like just go, you know, and I always say, always say yes, and you'll figure it out. I mean, just this, this podcast alone is, was, I was a beginner, you know, like I had no clue, but gosh, I'm like meeting people like you and the beautiful things that have come from it, but I didn't know that was all going to come, you know, and just unfolding that and then going a book. I would, lo- I always thought writing a book would be an amazing, like you say, like a almost like therapy. You know, you get to write your life, right?
1: Yes, and you actually hit on something really interesting that I want to want to talk about. It's we think that we have these sort of like, you know, well, we come up with goals, like you just said. I want to write a book, and for me, I was like starting to write this book, and and we kind of get this idea in our head that like once we write the book, or once we have the successful podcast, or once we have, you know, I just built a retreat center here in Costa Rica, we think it's like okay, that's that's where it's going to happen. That's where all the joy and the riches and the abundance and this fulfillment and all of that stuff is going to come. But what I've really found is those goals, they're important and they're sort of like signposts that let us know where we're going, Mm -hmm. but it's West that we take along the way to get there that is actually where all of the expansion and joy and fulfillment happens. And really in that place where we expand, that's where the light comes in. So it's so interesting because now the book's published and it is so amazing to receive like the letters and reviews that I'm getting from women all over the world. And at the same time, there was nothing more joyful than the actual writing of the huh. book. Like writing of the book is what like just brought me so much. It, it, like during that time, I felt connected to like who I am and why I'm here. It like, the, I went through this very big catharsis during the writing of the book. So first of all, like just the starting to write, it like blew open trap doors that I didn't even know existed within me. And I started to play guitar and sing and write songs and paint paintings and like just this massive explosion of creativity went off in me, which is pretty shocking because I always was telling myself a story that I'm not a creative person. Mm. So it was interesting in my family, my parents, I think, you know, now that I'm a parent, I understand, but I was like really sporty and really like good at school and everything. And so they kind of, I have an older sister and they're like, she's the creative one. You're the athletic one. Oh, yes. The labels.
0: Yes. Yeah, the label. And And the competition. Yes, I get it. Because I have two girls, you know, they do kind of the same things, but yeah, I get it. And, I was and as raised- a mom now, I
1: really understand, right? But it really, I kept hearing she's the creative one, not you, and so I started to of internalize that as I'm not a creative person, and so to then find this wellspring of creativity and magic inside of me was so so incredible. But I was shocked that like that accessing of that created a cascade of spiritual changes, and I didn't understand that the creative and the spiritual are like, well, they, they go together. They're almost like one and the same. The creative self is the spiritual self. It is mm-hmm. the essential self. And so I started to just notice how different my internal thoughts were. It was like less, were they like, Oh, I got to do more of this. This person has this comparing myself and my thoughts, my resting thoughts were more like, Oh, that'd be a cool way to connect those chapters. Oh, I'm like hearing a song melody in my head. I want to write this song. Oh, I like that color. How can I get that on a canvas? And so there's just that like internal dialogue. I really noticed how much that shifted. Mm -hmm. And then as I said, I just started feeling really connected to who I am and why I'm here. And in those moments, there was really no place else I'd rather be. And here I was, I'd have this pretty wild life where I was like running all around the planet, doing all these, you know, kind of I don't know, wild things. And (laughs) here I was getting so much satisfaction, literally out of just like sitting on my couch, you know, whether it's my guitar or writing my book. And I realized that I had to take all of those hard moments to get to this moment where there was no place I'd rather be. Mm -hmm. And that resentment that I'd been like still kind of lugging around for the ex-boyfriend and the ex-friends for the perceived abandonment, all of a sudden that alchemized to gratitude. Yes. And I was like, thank you. I needed to go through that to get here to this place. There's no place I'd rather be. And it was just like this
0: huge weight lifted yes. off my shoulders. And I was yes. just like, I, so all divine. When you say that, you know, I was just thinking, because so I was married for one year. I lived in Montana, followed a same age as you, like late 20s. And the day I decided I can't do this anymore you know, and I'm just going to, I know it's scary, but Ashley, you got to do it. Or you're going to live the, you know, you think at that stage of the game, all my friends were married, had their babies already started. I'm sitting there going, I don't even like the guy. And I'm like, I'm in Montana. What am I doing? And life is ticking. You know, it's like this clock of, especially as a woman, you know, you're thinking, I know I want to have a family. Now I'm with the wrong guy. I need to start over and all the things that, but once you take that step and you go, and you move past that and it's all past you know pushing past the fear to the beautiful magic of life but when when i started that quest my quest after that and the amazing things that come from doing that you know just to think of if i was afraid or scared and just accepted my life and just kept going like if you with your dog in that relationship he loved you know all the things but if i didn't stand up and say this isn't right and listen to that intuition and just say, I'm getting out of here. So, my why, why I'm connecting to what you're saying is I remember meeting Richard, my husband, and we were in the car and it was like our second date. And he didn't know I was married before. And he's we're the same age and we're driving, and I can still picture the car, what I'm wearing, looking over and him saying, I said, Well, when I was married before, and he looked over, he goes, You were married? I go, Yeah. It was almost like the brakes are going to go and you're going to be kicked out the door. Like he just couldn't believe it. It was not in his plan. And I said, you would rather be with me now. (laughs) I'm not doing it again. You know, I, you would rather have me as that than not trust me. But it really was hard for him to accept. And I remember that day so much. I thought, well, if he doesn't accept that, then someone else will.
1: You know, I was really at a place
0: where I was like, if that's not for you, then it's time. We don't need that. (laughs) I don't need that. And
1: that's like one of the beautiful things of like being on the quest and growing into yourself is that you have enough self-worth to say, this is the truth of who I am. Take me and celebrate me or I'm going to be be just fine. And it's so funny because I actually felt older, more over the hill, more expired goods at 29 than I felt. Yes. Like it really, really like being able, you can grow with so much grace and you can grow open when you have supportive information fueling you, right? Because we grow up with certain belief systems that sometimes we don't even question until I hit my rock bottom and found the portal to the quest. This just is like, this is true. And I didn't realize that so many of the things I thought were true were actually big fat illusions that had just been passed down. And causing me and the people that came before me a great deal of pain, and so what I've really found is, if you find yourself sort of in a spiral of pain, and you know you're kind of like hitting up against the same thing again and again, there's the beautiful thing is that there's an illusion there, and when you pull back the curtain on the illusion, that's when you get liberation, and that's when you kind of like find the eject button out of that spiral, and these illusions have been passed down to us from the overarching culture, and so once we start to get more empowering information, life can change pretty quickly. Yes. And so, yes, it, Um, yeah. And just to finish the, the little part about sort of that segment when I was writing the book, another thing that really was a big thing was that I noticed as I kept walking through these doors of perceived fear, you know, around creativity, picking up a guitar, picking up a paintbrush, doing improv. I started dancing burlesque, all sorts of different things. I, my belief in myself went up. And my belief in myself in a competition with women went down. It was just like a seesaw. And all of a sudden I just felt this incredible camaraderie with other women. And I just was like, the sisterhood, oh my gosh, I've been missing out. My own non-deserving and my own not enoughness was not allowing me to connect with women. And here I was in this new place and I really just saw how courageous women are, women like yourself, women that are dared to say, no, this is not right for me, leaving Montana, women that are you know, start the podcast, all the things. And I really just felt such a loving connection with them. And at the same time, felt a really sincere compassion with women who were still in the straight jacket with their feet on the brakes because that was me. I really, I really know the inner workings of that story. And it was that moment when I was like, I know my work, my purpose, my reason for being here on this planet is to work with women and to help women see the jewel inside, to know how incredibly powerful and beautiful and strong they are. And so now all of the work that I do through my coaching programs and through my retreats and everything that I put out is really for this, is to help women rise. And it brings me absolutely so much joy. And so now just, I see all the divine steps along along the path. That, that I needed to take so I could get to this moment to actually be able to have so much
0: to to then offer. Yes. What is it? The whisper. The the soul relationship relationship yeah. whisper. When um, I was listening to people that had taken had been on your retreat and um, were just like, what an amazing experience for them to see. You know, and I understand just because I I'm at the place too where that's why I can relate so much to you is once you find who you are and your worth. And what drives you, you know, all the things that you're missing when you're you're drifting in those places. You know, it's just such an empowering place to live and to be in a place to attract that same. Because everything on the outside is inside. You know, everything that you, know, you see who you attract, it's exactly what's going on inside. And I, you know, I have these clients of mine and friends that, you know, or maybe in their fifties now, you know, in trying to find new relationships, you know, with that old program. And I said, you're going to still bring that same man into your life until you change that recording that goes on in your mind. Tell me what, like, give me some tips. Like, what would you, like when people come and where do you begin? Well, it is, so, so I have a
1: 10, a 10-week ten course called The Quest for Love Academy. So for women who want to call love into their lives. And really, it's what I shared that it's it's really this journey to find the jewel inside. Because when we go inside and you find that woman who is lit up inside by herself, by her own life and her own creations, it is impossible for other people to not be drawn to that light. So I get really excited when these women come to me and the first thing that we help them understand, that I help them understand, is that having desire does not equate to lack. So oftentimes we feel like, oh, I I want something and I don't have it, I'm lacking in that way. Desire is a beautiful thing. In the Tantra t- tradition, desire is the birthplace of all creation. And so if you start to shift your perspective on desire right there, you've already gotten yourself on a totally different path, right? Because you're not in this place of lack. And then you know, this is when you start to want to really go inside and give yourself permission. I feel like there's this equation and it goes, permission leads you to your passion, and passion leads you to your purpose. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, permission is really being the beginner. And I had all these passions inside, like on full-on padlock. And I didn't, I wouldn't even been tell you I had any passions. But it was that that willingness to go there without judgment that really allows us to get to that place of passion. And when you're a woman who's a light with her passion and her purpose, as I said, not only is that super attractive that people are drawn to it, but it also allows you to have something called sovereignty. And so sovereignty is like really enjoying your own company. Like, you know, just I'm at peace with me. And what that allows you to do is hold that desire, not from a place of lack, but from a place of sovereignty. And then that is a magnet for abundance because like attracts light. And so through many different things in this course, basically they get the blueprint from shifts in perspective, but they also get the imprint from feminine embodiment practices because we can't just read a book and then be magnetic. This is an embodied experience. And so through the different embodiment practices that we do, we go through the different energy centers and through the different embodiment practices, many of them mimic the way that we feel in love. So I'm actually trained in a specific writing methodology called the gateless method. And I do this on my retreats as well. And this methodology is so revolutionary in that it soothes the nervous system. So you have access to imagination, memory recall, and creativity. What they found in these like cutting edge neuroscience studies is that there is no difference in our bodily reaction to if there's a grizzly bear right there, or if there's somebody critiquing our work, like an eighth grade teacher with the red pen. We go fight or flight and we get cut off from imagination, memory recall, and creativity because we're like, got to get away from the saber-toothed tiger. So in this methodology, how it works is I bring everybody into the somatic body through meditation and there's a writing prompt. And sometimes the writing prompts like something really juicy, something that's you know, too heavy for us to hold in the heart. And I found that the page is really like a benevolent spirit, just waiting to catch whatever you want to give forth. And so firstly, you're letting that go. So you don't need to hold that density in your heart. And then in the feedback session, we comment on each other's work. And we only comment, there's some rules to to what we comment on, but we only comment about what has power, strength, and energy in the piece. And now, what this does is it fills the place that you just emptied in your heart with empowerment. And not only that, in our brains, we have something called the reticular activating system. And this amplifies whatever gets attention, or in other words, what we focus to grows. So, if we're focusing on what has power, strength, and energy within our work, you know, not only does this feel like this love bath for you and your creativity and your most authentic, vulnerable self that you probably don't share so often with people. But then you're setting up your reticular activating system to be looking for what has power, strength, and energy in your life. And so you start to be vibrating in a place of much more abundance and it releases oxytocin and serotonin and these different hormones that are also released when we're in love. So for somebody who has had a challenge of calling in love and you're not seeing it from the outside, that's when it's time to go inside. And if we can mimic those feelings vibrationally that you will feel in love, then you become a magnet for that love. And so that's just one example of the writing, but we do writing, we do sound healing, Kundalini yoga, we do sensual movement. We do a whole host of different embodiment practices that I've found over the years really change things very
0: quickly. Wow. And that's online and the, re- the retreat's completely different.
1: Retreats di- ret- Retreat is different. We do do a lot of embodiment practices. We do the writing workshops every single day, but the retreats are live and they have less of a love focus. The retreats are more, it's called the Mermaid Sisterhood and it's like fem- divine feminine celebration embodiment retreats.
0: You know, going, going to feminine and masculine energy, you know, I look at you when you're talking about your pharmaceutical rep. You know, then you went to the next relationship. Still, I still see masculine energy when you talk about that story. And I look at you now and I see so much feminine, you know, because you're so beautiful and you're just like this tender, sweet soul. Tell me like, how hard was that for you to shift your masculine energy into the feminine? Is that part of the creativity that, did it bring that out in the, through yeah. your painting and guitar and all that? Yes. And burlesque dancing? Like, oh my God. Oh
1: my gosh, I never would have thought that I would be burlesque dancing at like 37. (laughs) But it was, yes, what I've really found, you know, this is how I can best describe this. So imagine that you are wearing the most gorgeous gold dress that you have ever worn and you feel so radiant and beautiful and sensual. You feel so like yourself. You just feel like you just belong in your skin in the most beautiful way. and you're moving through life and then somebody comes along and says, you're just wearing that dress. Like, didn't you, didn't your hair's going to be really cold later today? You should probably get a jacket. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, it looks sunny. I'm feeling pretty good, but maybe I'll put on this jacket. Okay. And then someone else is like, it's not just going to rain, it's going to snow. You should put on a parka. And you're like, oh, okay. And you put on a parka. Then somebody else is like, high winds coming around the corner. So you're like, windbreaker, put that on. Okay. Next thing you know, you're walking down the avenue. You catch a glimpse of yourself in the in the reflection of the shop window and you're like this marshmallow person and you don't even barely recognize yourself. You don't see the gold dress. Almost forgot it was there. And, you know, nobody else has seen the gold dress either. And this is what I have found. This was my story. And also so many of the women that come to me is really all of these jackets and parkas are messages, overt and subliminal messages that we have received from the time we're a little girl uh, from the patriarchy about what we need to do in order to be valuable, what we need to do in order to get approval and acceptance and ultimately love. And I know for me, I don't even know... I guess it was kind of overt in some like movies and things that I'd seen in my models of women that were older than me, but I wouldn't have even known I was running masculine energy. I remember being so shocked when I learned I was running so much masculine energy. And, you know, I wore dresses and painted my nails and all of those things, (laughs) but I really was running. I was like, it was like my beard. I was like really like so masculine inside, underneath it all. And so what I've found is, we don't really need to do anything to become more feminine. That is the gold dress is still there. We are inherently feminine where the real power is, is removing the obstruction Mm -hmm. to us. In that gold dress. And when we see the gold dress, everybody else around us sees it as well. So I have found that really these feminine embodiment practices, the writing, the dance, the breath work, sensual movement, they're all so powerful in reconnecting us with that jewel inside. That is the gold dress. That's the, the, the divine feminine essence of who we all inherently
0: are. Wow. Oh, I love that. So I want to talk about a completely different, but I know there's so many things that are part of you. You have an ebook, you have a cleanse that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about that doctor you found that's on YouTube that taught you how to to fast and to heal your body. Yes. Can you talk about that? Because that was fascinating to me because for you not, you didn't drink, what's it called a dry fast? You didn't drink or eat for 48 hours or something?
1: Yes, I did I think my longest one, I think I actually did 72 hours when I was really in the the depths of it.
0: So yes, so that was once I got to Costa Rica. So do you want me to tell you the story? Yeah. How got yes, please. Yes, please <laughs> tell the story. See, I know it. And then I'm thinking, wait, people don't even know how you met your, your partner. You're not married yet. Yeah. With your I mean, babies.
1: we're we're cosmically married. Um, we were actually <laughs> talking about that today. So I was living in Los Angeles and on my quest, finding my way. And I started leading these divine feminine jungle retreats. And I was in Costa Rica on the last day of one of my retreats, sitting on my surfboard and the sky was exploding above me and the wind. The warm breeze was on my skin. And I just... I like whispered to the wind. It just sort of like came out of me. And I was like, I don't know how, and I don't know when, but I'm going to live here someday. And I was just like, okay. I was just like so high on on just my natural high. It was just seems really normal to do that at the time. And Mm -hmm. then it was like, fast forward three months later. And I just got this hit to go to Santa Teresa, this town that I had not been to in 16 years and go by myself and go for three weeks. And the logical mind tried to come in and be like, you were just in Costa Rica. And then the the town was packed. There was only one place to stay and it was totally out of my budget. And I was like, ah. And then I was like, just go. Just intuition just kept saying, just go. And at that point, you know, I was just turning 38 and I had learned, you follow intuition when she strikes. So I came and you know, now I can see it was so divinely guided because that I would not have met my my husband. I call we call each other husband and wife. I would not have met him had I had not stayed at that place. So I was standing at the edge of the path, um, on my way to go surfing. And I, I'm a pretty decisive person, but this day I was just like frozen in indecision. I was like looking out at the surf and it looked big and scary and windy. And I had like, it was like I had an angel and a devil. It was like the angel was like, you got this girl, be the beginner. And then the devil's like, you're going to die. <laughs> and, and I just kept going back and forth between the two for like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh. And And um, these two guys walk up on the path and I hear this guy in this really thick French accent. He's like, you are Marcella's friend, no? And I was like, I who is this guy? And then I put it together a few days earlier at the place I was staying. The woman who owned the place introduced me to this guy, just kind of like in passing. And he was like, how does it look? And I was, you know, trying to play it kind of cool. I'm like, oh, I think it's a little windy. I'm just figuring it out over here. And he's (laughs) like, I think it would be good. And something about the way he said that kind of felt like a little bit like, come with me. And so I followed him down to the water and like right before he's gonna paddle out, he turned back like, see if I came. I'm like, yeah. and then I started paddling It was so big. And his version of the story is like, once I got in the water, he's like, I was like, Oh no, that girl's never going to paddle out. It's too big. And, but I made it because I'd been surfing every day for two weeks. Now, so I was really strong. And I got out there and we just started to chat and we'd catch waves and come back and catch waves and come back. And he and ended up inviting me out to dinner and that turned into like a couple day hang. And then we did an ayahuasca journey together. And then he invited me to take a, to extend my ticket and take this trip around Costa Rica with his friends that were in town visiting. And when he dropped me off at the airport after, I think this is like two and a half weeks total, he's like, (laughs) this story always kills me. Okay. I'm going to do my best French accent. He says, (laughs) darling, I know from when I work in the restaurant, the man, the man, the man say, I have the chocolate cake. And the woman said, I have the chocolate cake too. Oh, wait, wait. No, I want the ice cream. And then as you're walking away, she said, I want the pineapple sing." So I know the woman, she changed her mind. And I'm just like, <laughs> look like, what? So he's cute. Like, go home, you think about it, you want, you come back, we make a baby. Oh. And I just was like, part of me wanted to be like, this guy cannot be for real. But he was so sincere mm. that I was like, I think he's for real. And so I go back to my, place in, in Venice. And at that point I was like, we had a great time, but I wasn't like, this is my forever person. You know, I don't know, maybe at that point I was like slightly jaded still about just some of the things that had happened to me before. But I got back to my place in Venice and I had this beautiful bungalow that I'd been living in, with like art and furniture and things I'd been collecting for 15 years of living in LA. Stuff I loved. And then all of a sudden I got to my couch and I just felt like, it was so heavy. I just was like, all oh, my stuff. It just felt like so sterile and stale compared to this like juicy natural life that I'd been experiencing for the past three, or actually I extended my ticket. So I don't know, almost like a month, a little more than a month in the jungle. Oh, and I was like, I don't know if this guy's like my person, but I know I want an adventure. I know I want, you know, papaya is the size of my head. I know I want to fly on the back of the motorcycle and have sunrise surfs. I want the adventure. So I called him up and I was like, Hey, our disco. And I still invited to come live with you in the jungle. He's like, of course, darling, we are waiting for you. And so six months later I landed in the jungle and a month after that I was pregnant and that was almost six years ago. And now we have two beautiful children. We have our retreat center. We just actually purchased a 66 acre farm. Oh my gosh. are, I'm so happy I live here. I love the life I created. I love that I took that chance. I love my beautiful family. Oh. And looking back on all the crazy steps I had to take to get here, we sort of have this narrative going in America that like it's over at 35 or something. And like I met my partner at 38, and like I feel like life is just beginning and I'm about to be 44. So the quest continues. Yeah. I'm just part so two, happy. right? on the quest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so happy to have that inner resourcing because it doesn't matter how evolved you are. It doesn't matter if you're a big Dalai Lama or Oprah, whoever, like the waves of life don't stop coming, but you learn how to sort of be this eye in the hurricane when you have supportive information and practices and that internal self-worth that really can carry you through so far. And from my experience, most things.
0: Right. Isn't it just amazing to feel, I just get up in the morning and I'm so grateful, excited. Oh my gosh, what is today? And I, you know, and I, I have that vibration, which I, you know, is so important and no one can bring me down. You know, I, it's a choice. You know, and when you live that way every day and you inspire the ones that your children that you're inspiring to live that way and think of what you're doing for them, you know, and I think that with my girls, like they've never seen me in the morning, tired, grumpy, it's always good morning, you know, like. How are you? Did you sleep good? Tell me about your dreams. And there it's like, you know, 6:30 and I've already had my gratitude and my run and my meditation and but you know, when you set your mind that that way now in our life that we have these this inner knowing and the tools and now you get to share it with these women that are like that come to you and are drawn to you and that are guided to you and to come to Costa Rica and live in this beautiful that I need to come to. And I keep getting all these like, yes, I would love to, you know, just, I have these few Costa Rica things that have happened lately. I'm like, I'm, I'm being called to Costa Rica. Anyway, we're coming to the end, but I want you to, I know I mentioned the, the nutrition part, but you had to, you found something in your body. You were sick, right? Yes.
1: So after the first guy that sent me on the quest portal, I ended up marrying the next guy. And I see now- oh. out- He was such a gift and came into my life as well to really help me change my relationship with drugs and alcohol, which I'm so, so, so grateful for. But I was changing, oh my gosh, so, so fast and our alignment changed. And right after I got divorced, I decided to freeze my eggs because I had been hearing the noise. Oh, 35, your eggs are just going to shrivel up and you're never going to have kids. And so I made a choice to freeze my eggs and I had a very crazy adverse reaction where I had, like, it felt like somebody was stabbing me in the yoni with a fireplace poker 24 7, seven oh. days a week for a year. Oh my God. Okay. So, something like that's going to get your attention. So, I ended up going on a quest for health and it took me to all sorts of different places. You know, I did the candida diet. I did the keto diet. I tried, I took blood out of my body, put it through an oxygen chamber, put it back in. I did plant medicine, Chinese medicine, functional medicine. I mean, you name it, I did it. (laughs) And it wasn't until I was guided again to the teachings of, they're really the teachings of Dr. Arnold Earhart, who's a doctor from the 1920s. He's a PhD German doctor from the 1920s who came up with this way of eating called Detox for Cellular Regeneration. And he wrote a book called The Mucusless Diet. And it's really this understanding that mucus is the basis for all of our dis-ease. And there's different foods have different levels of mucus production. And essentially the more acidic food that we eat, the more mucus it's going to produce to protect your body from that acid. And so and the best way that we can really cleanse our body and have our body regenerate ourselves is to eat our species specific food, which is fruit. Okay. Now I've been like fruit scared. I hadn't eaten like any fruit in three years, three whole years. I was so terrified of fruit and but I was like watching the testimonials on this guy's YouTube channel. People were like, I was in the wheelchair. I was this, I was that, you know, and like he got, he saved my life. And so I, and I knew a girl personally who'd been exploring this and like really noticing like very positive changes. So I ended up starting the, I I went raw. I I went vegan for a month. Then I went raw. And then pretty soon after raw, I went straight to hundred percent fruit because if you can't have salt and oil, Salad does not taste that good. So I moved straight to fruit. And fortunately I was in the jungle. So there's just like the most delicious abundance of fruit here. And I was amazed that within like, I think it was even just like a week of eating hundred percent fruit, like every symptom that I'd ever been feeling just completely went away. And then I... I was taking herbs as well, supportive herbs, because how they actually, this is really fascinating, but our eyes tell us everything that's going on in our body. So the right eye corresponds with the right side of your body and the left eye with the left side. And so they can go into your eye and do something called an iridology reading and tell you, what area, what weaknesses are happening in your body. And for me, something that was really interesting because I've been working with all these doctors on my gut health and all this stuff, but it was really the pineal gland that was super obstructive and calcified. And so I needed to work. And this is like the maestro. It's like the orchestra conductor of all the glands. And so if this guy's having a problem, nothing else can ever really heal. Hmm. So once I started healing this, my whole body started to heal really quickly. And I ended up doing... I think I was on the whole thing for about six months, but I was two or three months, like 100% fruit. And I would have stuck with it, but I got very skinny. Like skinny to the point where I didn't want to leave the house because I oh was like, and my husband was like begging me to stop. He's like, what's happened? He's French. He was a French chef. He was very confused by this whole thing but I was feeling so good inside for the first time in years that I was like, even though the outside is not looking good, I'm just going to stay with this. I'm just, I have to trust this. I have to trust this. And it was an interesting time on my quest because it was really a lot of letting go of vanity and that whole story. But I ended up healing myself and now I'm I still eat a lot of fruit because it just makes me feel so good. And now Hmm. I'm aware of the the amazing powers of fruit that I I eat fruit every day till noon, nothing but fruit until noon. And really our bodies start detoxing at 2 a.m. and they detox till noon. So if we eat anything cooked before noon, we actually stop that detox. So oh, I just smoothies okay. these and fruits until noon. And I have so much energy. I mean, at almost 44 years old with two kids, I've been up since four in the morning. I don't drink any caffeine or stimulants. I used to drink caffeine and need a nap by 11 a.m. And so I'm just, I feel like, I, again, no mistakes, just gifts. I feel like literally I was led to like a treasure trove of the fountain of youth that I want, that I wanted. Right. Oh my So gosh. now I feel so super grateful about it. And I'm so happy. I mean, I'm looking out at my land here. We've planted like we have like 25 papaya trees on our land. We're growing like watermelons and pineapples. And it's oh just a, to be a very big fruit eater when you live in the jungle.
0: Oh, see, but it's so funny how people fear fruit, all the sugar, all you know. And then when I heard that's when I heard that, and I wanted you to share that because I know a lot of well, my so, listeners.
1: Yeah, so you're listening and you're like, sugar, fruit. Totally get it. I was so there also, but here's the thing. And here's where this comes from. If we juice fruit, yes, you will get a sugar spike because we're taking out the fiber. But if you keep the fruit intact as its normal fruit state or make it into a smoothie and keep the fruit, then you will have the fiber. And the fiber allows for there to be a very slow uptake of the sugar into the bloodstream, which is actually the perfect amount of sugar that we need to really fuel our bodies and to give us energy.
0: Okay. Wow. Love yeah, that. So just
1: don't like uh, you know, like the juicing craze. If you're going to do juices, juice vegetables and then make fruit smoothies.
0: Got it. Okay. Gosh, Emily, you're so, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much. And thank you for, I was looking so forward to this. You're so beautiful. You have so many gifts to, for people to learn from. And your website is your name, Emily, P-E-R-E-I-R-A. He, he. Yes, Emily
1: Pereira. Yes, EmilyPereira.com. Pereira. And if you're interested in checking out my book, you can download the first three chapters for free on my website. And also, I'm giving away my Goddess Cleanse to all of you who are listening today. And so, the Goddess Cleanse is seven delicious elixirs that actually came to me from a channel, divine communication um, that I'm so grateful for. And they are designed to attune your body's frequency to that of love. Oh. So if that's something that you want to check out, I will make that available for all of your listeners.
0: Oh, thank you. I love that. I can't Yay. wait. It's on your website?
1: I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the link.
0: Oh, okay. So the link will be in the show notes. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you, Emily. It's been yes. absolutely fun. Have fun and thank can't you wait to so meet you fun. one day in Costa Rica.
1: Yes. You're welcome anytime.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today.